Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. November is National Aviation History Month, and so it's only fitting that we pay tribute to a pilot who not only soared into the state legislature, but was one of the driving forces behind making an aerospace major possible at MTSU. MTSU alumna Mary Anderson also helped establish the Metro Nashville Airport Authority and served as the Associate Administrator for Policy and International Aviation Affairs for the Federal Aviation Administration. Her daughter, Melinda Knott, joins us to make sure this unsung hero is unsung no more after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU awards an array of guaranteed scholarships to qualifying first-time incoming freshmen, but an important deadline to take advantage of is quickly approaching. Students must have a complete application on file with the MTSU admissions office by Tuesday, December 1st to be considered for an academic merit guaranteed scholarship, ranging from $2,000 to $6,000 for the 2021-22 academic year. MTSU would also like to offer a special re-enrollment incentive for students who were awarded a guaranteed scholarship for the current academic year but did not attend MTSU. The newly launched Bridging the Gap initiative will allow those students to reinstate their previously awarded but untapped scholarship. With December 1st falling just after the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, admissions staff say it's a good idea for prospective students and their parents or guardians to reach out now to their high school counselors for transcripts and anything else they might need in order to meet the deadline. And officials from MTSU and the new Music City Grand Prix signed a partnership November 9th, allowing the university's acclaimed concrete program and its students to create special environmentally conscious mixes for barriers and pit row for the August 2021 open wheel race in downtown Nashville. Music City Grand Prix is working with MTSU to create safer and lighter blends of concrete using recycled materials and better molds long term for racing barriers barriers and pit row use in the upcoming IndyCar Series event. The partnership will also create hands-on learning experiences for students through internships and manufacturing relationships for the material science program. Music City Grand Prix has agreed to offer a minimum of two internships to qualified and approved MTSU undergrad students per year, helping them gain experience in the areas of track design and construction project management and event operations, and will also provide MTSU with significant branding and promotion before and during each race weekend. The agreement calls for MTSU to provide special industry guidance, insight and consulting in the areas of concrete barricade forms, barricade manufacturing, and emerging concrete technologies, thus helping reduce the Grand Prix's manufacturing, construction, transportation, and event setup costs. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Melinda, welcome, and thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Thank you for asking. Your mother was an alumna of MTSU, as we stated in the introduction. She graduated in 1942. Where did she go from there? After 
She graduated, of course, World War II was raging, and she worked as a dress person at what was called Victor Chemical and later became Avco. And she cried herself to sleep every night waiting for my dad to come home because they got engaged before he went off to war. And she always said that they sent him to the South Pacific for 36 months and forgot about him. She worked at Victor Chemical until then, in 1945, until the war ended in 1945, she married my father. They went to live in the converted army barracks at Berry Field. And that's where I came home when I was born in 1949. During that time, mother probably had several jobs, but I think she continued at Victor Chemical. She wasn't actually a rosy riveter, but she told me she drew the place plans for where they put the rivets. After I was born, she stayed home for a while. Dad was a teacher. He taught at Howard School. Then not long after I was born, I think mother did some part-time work for a place called Top Flight Paper Company. When I was in third grade, mother decided she wanted to teach. She taught sixth grade at McCann Elementary School for several years, and that's where she developed a heart for the children of people who were incarcerated, because many of her students had parents who were in the penitentiary. After a few years at McCann, she went to Cone High School, where she taught architectural and mechanical drawing, general science, and when the shop teacher was out, she substituted for him because she grew up around men who built things. She continued in education. During that time, she also taught aerospace workshops at Middle Tennessee State in the summer. She taught other teachers about aerospace science. And those were some interesting summers for my brother and me. We would go with her and we got to meet people like Warner Von Braun. Wow. And we got to see the Mercury capsule. One of the people that we got to meet was Dr. T. Charles Helvey. Dr. Helvey designed the life support systems for the Mercury capsules. And he was a professor of cybernetics and bionics at the University of South Florida in Tampa. We did go on field trips to Huntsville. We saw the test firing of the Saturn missile at Huntsville. Dr. Helby actually came to Nashville. He visited in our home several times. He taught me how to play the Moonlight Sonata on the piano. Once she had gotten her foot in the door with aerospace science, she developed a course for high schoolers, aerospace science, and that was a 10th grade course, and she taught aerospace science. She was the first teacher in Tennessee to teach aerospace science to high schoolers. Which school was this? This was at McCann. The City Teachers Association and the County Teachers Association worked together on a grassroots project to combine city and county governments hmm. into metro government. Well, at least to combine the schools. Well, that led to combine the governments. Mom and dad were both a big part of that push. After that happened, mother was approached. She was very charismatic. She was approached and asked to run for the legislature. And I will never forget it. I was about 12 years old and we were all sitting around the breakfast table and mom and dad said they had something they wanted to talk to us about to see how we felt about it. And she ran. She ran and was elected. That was in 1963. In 1963 through 1967, she served in the 
the House of Representatives, and she was a member of the Senate in the 85th General Assembly. We'll take a break right here. We'll be okay. back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The Center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East Studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. Our guest is Melinda Knott. She is the daughter of the late former state senator and state representative Mary Anderson, who was a driving force behind making aerospace science a major at MTSU. What sparked her interest in flying in the first place? I am not sure. She always had the idea that if you can do it, I can do it. She was constantly challenged growing up. She had an uncle who was 18 months older and a, and a, and a brother who was 18 months younger. And she was always challenged by them. And she always felt like she had to outdo them. And so I think she felt that, I don't know what inspired her to fly. I do know that my grandfather refused to give permission when she was 18, but as soon as she was 21, she got flight lessons. I don't think my grandparents paid for flight lessons. I think she had to do that all out of her own pocket. She would tell the story about when she would fly out of the Murfreesboro Airport, she would fly over their family farm. She'd fly over the farm and my grandmother, and she'd buzz it, and my grandmother would run out <laughs> on the porch and say, get back up there where you belong. Get back up there where you belong. And of course, mother was low enough. She could hear her own mother saying that because it was an open cockpit. So, <laughs> did she take lessons out of the Murfreesboro Airport? Yes, she did. Miller Lanier was her flight instructor. Did she have anybody like she admired who was a famous flyer, like Lindbergh or Amelia Earhart or anybody like that? Probably Amelia Earhart. You know, she, she lived out in the country and it was butter and egg money that sent her to college so they had the radio and that was about it so whatever she heard on the radio because it was different and nobody no other women were doing it i think that's what challenged her it was the challenge it was always the challenge for mother her uncle challenged her to a horse race and she said i can beat you on bill side saddle she had never ridden side saddle she put the side saddle on old bill and she, sure enough she beat sonny hartman in a horse race so you know that is the kind of person she was all of her life she was going to she was going to do what mary wanted to do <laughs> I'm sort of struck by the fact that she was an administrative assistant to the Tennessee Aeronautics Commission from 68 to 70. With her expertise, it seems like she should have held a higher position. Well, she was a woman, and I'm not sure about all the politics that went into that, because, you know, everything has a political 
something. I do know her office was at Berry Field. So at least it was a job that kept her close to flying. It kept her very close to flying. And she flew as often as she could. One of the members where we went to church was an attorney and he was thinking about buying an airplane and he flew and he said, Mary, let's go out here to Bearfield. I want you to look at this plane and let's take a flight in it. So we all bundled into the car and went out to Bearfield. And we watched that plane go up and then go down. We hopped in the car, drove out there, and there stood Mother and this gentleman arguing about whose fault it was that the plane crashed. You no, were scared you to put your foot on the rudder. Yes, no, you shouldn't have. It was back and forth, and that propeller was bent back across the nose of that plane, but they were fine. They were fussing at each other. You all were probably scared to death that they had just been killed. Well, we didn't see a puff of smoke or fire, so that was a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> what drew her to run for the, the General Assembly? You said she was approached by some people. How did she come to their attention? Mother was an excellent public speaker. Dad could write the speeches, but Mother could deliver. I think among the people who approached her might have been Beverly Briley. Metro Nashville's first mayor. And I think probably some teachers because she had such a heart for education. People who were working towards getting metropolitan government installed, I think some of those people were the ones who spoke to Mother about running for the General Assembly. Why did she feel so strongly that Nashville should go metro? It goes back to my dad and my mom being teachers and seeing the disparity in the resources that were available for children in the county and those available for the children in the city. And they felt if they could combine the resources, all the children would have a better chance, would have more resources. And I think that was the basis of that. It would be better for everybody. It was a win-win situation. Do you have any ideas about what you think her most important piece of legislation was? I know what my brother would say. It would be anything that had to do with aviation. And I think also the other legislation that was very near and dear to her, to her heart were, was legislation that was passed to protect those with disabilities, to make sure that they were treated fairly. During one of her terms, Frank Clement made a surprise visit to Clover Bottom. Was he governor at the time? Yes, mm -hmm. he made a surprise visit and was horrified at the conditions he saw there. Of course, it's the Clover Bottom Mansion. Any legislation that led to better treatment for people with disabilities, because you see her secretary had a sister who was at Clover Bottom. And I remember also the other thing that she was concerned with was, was the treatment of prisoners. I remember visiting the Tennessee State Prison with the Davidson County delegation. It made a, a huge impression on me. And she had an ally in Governor Clement in that regard because he would take trips to the penitentiary and talk to the inmates on death row. Absolutely. Was your mother responsible for legislation to create the Metro Nashville Airport Authority? Or was yes. that legislation or was that uh, some other uh, that way was, of helping? That was probably city legislation because it is the Metro Nashville Airport Authority. So she would work for that behind the scenes with allies oh, yeah. in the city? Yeah. 
she it wasn't just about what was going on at the state legislature for mother it was everything behind the scenes too mm -hmm. getting getting stuff done i mean she's helped people get citizen she helped people get citizenship who were here on visas and things like that and just and little snippets are coming back to me of things that she's done that she did she was all about constituent service and not about self-aggrandizement yep she was about constituent service she wanted to make sure the people she represented that she represented them well <clears throat> one thing that led to her defeat in one of the in one of the her races they reapportioned everything and she had she had thrown her support to somebody besides Ned Ray McWhorter. And they told her, Mary, if you don't support Ned Ray, you are not gonna get on any committees and you probably won't get elected next time you run. But mother said, no, I promised so-and-so that I would support him and I'm not going back on my word. She did what she thought was right. And a lot can be said about my mother, but I do know that there was not a dishonest bone in her body. That. We'll take another break and we'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Concrete Industry Management Program at MTSU fills the need for trained personnel who know concrete technology and techniques. Our alumni go into the marketplace grounded in basic math and science and able to promote products or services related to the industry. Our participation in the academic common market ensures talented students in other states a chance to enroll on an in-state tuition basis. This is Dr. Heather Brown, director of the program. To find out more information on this or other university programs, visit mtsunews.com. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about a woman named Mary Anderson who graduated from MTSU, taught at MTSU, and had a large impact on her city and her state, as well as the institution. Her daughter is Melinda Knott, and she's speaking with us today. How did she help ensure the creation of the aerospace major? What did that entail? <clears throat> she had to work with the Board of Regents, with the, uh, the Tennessee Board of Regents, who control what goes on in our colleges and what majors can be offered. That's, that was where she had to work. She had to work closely with them, make them realize that it was indeed <clears throat> something that was needed and necessary. And this was when she was a representative or senator? Yeah. Not when she was a representative. I understand that they were teaching or doing some flight instruction uh, at the airport like during the Second World War because they so desperately needed men to uh, join the Air Forces and Army Air Corps, I should say, and, uh, and, and know how to fly. So there was already an interest in aviation in the Middle Tennessee area to begin with. It wasn't just your mother's passion. There was a substantial passion for it in the yes. region, right? Yes, yes. Uh, World War II 
brought everybody to their to their true selves, to their true what they truly wanted and what they wanted to see happen. And they wanted to protect our democracy. She was a summer instructor at MTSU yes. and she, she taught aviation. Uh, it was a summer workshop for teachers. Oh, okay. We had to apply. And <clears throat> like I said, at that workshop, we, we did field trip to Redstone Arsenal. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the summer after I graduated high school, we went to Europe for six weeks oh. and visited facilities in Europe mm -hmm. and uh, got a little bit of college credit for that. <clears throat> that was people from all over the United States that went with us on that trip. It was very interesting. And she learned more about like maybe the differences between European airports and airlines and American airports and airlines? We all did. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she didn't have the, the major security things that you, you have now, although it was 1968 and the Berlin Wall was still up. And I will never forget the difference between East Ber West Berlin and East Berlin. It was like night and day. West Berlin, modern and sophisticated, and East Berlin kind of dark and drab? It was still bombed out in parts of oh. it. A guard went with you everywhere you went, and there were certain places you couldn't take the pictures and things like that. Why do you think more people haven't heard of Mary Anderson or know of her achievements? I mean, everybody knows in Tennessee knows about Cornelia Fort. I believe the reason that people have not heard so much about her is because she took her career to Washington, D.C. and to Albany, New York. And when she was finished in Washington, D.C. The, in the Carter administration, she went to Albany, New York and worked for Marianne Krupsack, the Lieutenant Governor of, of New York. When my grandfather got very ill, she came home in 1981 and he passed away. Mm -hmm. And from that time on, she stayed close to home and she was involved in real estate, mm -hmm. um, mainly in real estate. Uh, <clears throat> and some timeshare at um, Nashville Village. But she, she basically came home in, in the early 80s and stayed. And then... Um, and, and did various things mm -hmm. as far as uh, she, she worked as a real estate agent at Hearthstone and uh, just different things like that. Did you, she just kind of calmed down. Yeah. <laughs> did, did your mother ever talk to you about what it was like to work in Washington, D.C. for the FAA? As a matter of fact, my children and I went to visit her there. And um, <clears throat> she took us to the West Wing of the White House. And we were touring, and across the hall goes Jimmy Carter. And I said, look, Mom, there goes President Carter. He said, sure is, and kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> A little later, several years later, when after Mother had had her stroke and everything, Mr. President Carter came to Nashville to sign his book about Christmas at, in Plains, 
Georgia. And I took mother and he signed a book for her. It was, it was interesting because it was, it was really neat to be in the West Wing. I mean, who, who, who's ever been in the West Wing? And so we, we toured there. Of course, my children were like 18 months and three years old, so they weren't really impressed, but I was impressed. One of the things that she wanted to get done that they finally did after she left was to put on planes a guidance system that prevented mid-air collisions. And she worked very hard while she was there with the FAA to get that done, to get that device put on every plane that went in the air. It wasn't, it wasn't accomplished till after she left the FAA, but she pushed for it. And you don't hear much about mid-air collisions anymore unless a, a bird flies into the system or something like that. You don't. It's because of that device that was installed on all current airplanes. So on both commercial and recreational airplanes. Yes, on all airplanes. It, they have to have that device now for yeah. safety. How do you think she would want to be remembered? This is hard. Take your time. She would want to be remembered as a person who did the best she could when she could, as long as she could. She would want to be remembered as a person who fought for the little guy who fought for the person who didn't have much standing in this world. That's what she would want to be remembered. That's the way she'd want to be remembered. Melinda Knott, I'm so glad that you took the time to share with us the story of your mother and what she did for aviation, education, and MTSU and the entire Mid-State. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll be right back. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Expanding Your Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. UIH also provides the girls with fun, hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, EYH Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Gina Fan has the middle moment. MTSU organizers for the Borderless Arts Tennessee Young Soloist Competition feared they'd have to cancel this year's contest, which is part of an international event established by the late arts education activist Jean Kennedy Smith. 
Instead, they turned to technology, and the result, complete with special guests, student hosts, and surprise shout-outs, is now on Borderless Arts Tennessee's YouTube channel for everyone to see. Borderless Arts founder Lori Kissinger, an MTSU organizational communication professor, has a little background. Since 2012, we've been doing the Young Soloist hosting it at MTSU, but this year, obviously, we couldn't because of COVID. And at first, we were thinking, well, maybe we just don't do Young Soloist this year. But as it went on, we said, you know, no, we're going to go ahead and do a digital show. And I'm so glad we did, even though I am definitely an in-person person. There are a lot of things that tech is making available to us that wouldn't normally be available to us. For instance, we did a fan favorite voting. There was 513 people who viewed and voted on these young solos. We have never had 500 people come to a show. So already we've reached more than normal. With everything in life, there's pros and cons. And the, the pro to this is that we are reaching more people and we are getting individuals to participate that have not necessarily participated in the past. That's MTSU on the record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.